maybe I'm crazy, but two billionaires just joined the streets. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shot girl summer. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. Joy Taylor here. Thanks for joining us this week. We have a really fun all football, football guy conversation with RJ Young, host of the number one podcast on Fox Sports. He is a NFL draft analyst and college football writer, and we just go crazy talking football for a while. So it's a great conversation. We recap the draft, talk about Aaron Rodgers, talk about Tom Brady, pretty much go through every division, and uh, it's a lot of fun. He's great. So we will start with RJ, and then we will get to T with the culture report. Bill and Melinda Gates are getting a divorce, $100 billion. They want to be in these streets. I disagree. I don't think it's a good idea, but we'll talk about that later with T. Let's get started with RJ Young. All right. Very excited to have RJ Young, the host of the number one show at Fox Sports, National College Football Writer and NFL Draft Analyst on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. RJ, thanks so much for joining us. I love your setup. I appreciate you, Joy. I've been watching the podcast for some time, and I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to come on with you. It's I appreciate I, that. I enjoy that. I appreciate that. Well, uh, happy Star Wars Day. May the force be with you. <laughs> I see the shirt. I couldn't. No. I couldn't hold it. The I shirt think, said. <laughs> I think I wear this shirt every May fourth. So, like, I I could go back and check, but I'm. It's one of two shirts. I have two star. Well, this isn't a, obviously a Star Wars shirt, but a Star Wars theme shirt, and then I have a, mm-hmm. another Star Wars shirt. So it's a rotation of one of the two. And the funny thing is, I had another shirt that I was really excited to wear. And then I woke up this morning and realized it was Star Wars Day. So I was like, let me postpone that shirt to next week. Um, this is this is the cash, right? We're very casual on the podcast. Okay. So I'm not in my, uh, you know, my herd outfits on the podcast. It's very chill. So I get, I have a lot of t-shirts, like way too many. I think, I think, I think we're going to be friends then. Cause I got, I mean, I got a closet for my closet full of t-shirts. So I'm with you. I mean, look, look, this is, this is Brie. Yeah, like, no, that's 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 a tight shirt. I, like I appreciate that, shirt. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like that shirt. No, I'm a big hoodie and t-shirt person, which like I actually had a had a thought this weekend because I was walking around in uh like I, I wear like oversized sweats and hoodies and I'm I'm 34 years old. I'm like, do I have to start like dressing older? I feel like I might be dressing like a 19 year old and that, that might not be cute. Nah, nah, nah. I, I turned 34 in July. And okay. I'm I'm damn sure not gonna do that. Like okay. I, I wore basically a prom suit uh, a couple weeks ago, and I caught all kinds of static about it. And I'm like, nah, it's cool. This is what I do. Yeah, no, nah, I yeah, I can't. I think it's also because I have to get so dressed up for the herd every day that yes, I'm like, you, you know, when I get home, it's like straight sweats, t-shirt. Uh, gotta get comfortable. Well. Appreciate you joining us on the show. It was a great draft, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. Uh, part of it was I really was happy to see the fans back. You know, they were really promoting uh, people getting vaccinated, which I appreciated. You know, it was the bro hugs and everyone was just really happy. It was like a good, good energy event, I think, for the NFL. It was good to feel normal again and people are like out singing and you know over and also it was it was a fun watch because there were so many quarterbacks going very early yeah and I don't know that we've seen five in quite some time right there was this thought that we might see four in the first four picks which has never happened before 
right? And then Atlanta had to go mess that up by not going to go get the hometown dude. Justin Fields from just up the road, right? And it ain't like Matt Ryan getting any younger and y'all weren't any good. I get that Kyle Pitts is great, but like you had an opportunity to go get a quarterback in a league where quarterbacks absolutely matter. And that's before we get to talk about the news that dropped earlier that morning, which is that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay. Now, I mean, people in hell want ice water. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's start with Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. I don't know what happens throughout the pre-draft process where Mm -hmm. Justin Fields, who was talked about as the consensus number two prospect in college football at the quarterback position throughout the entire season, all of a sudden dropped not just below Zach Wilson, but also below Trey Lance and was talked about being below Mac Jones. Some people were talking about him being better or as good as Trevor Lawrence during the season. So I don't know what happened between the end of the season. I guess somebody has to catch it. And it just happened to be Justin Fields here to catch all the hell from the scouts and talent evaluators. But I happen to love Justin Fields and I still didn't think that Atlanta should have taken a quarterback. That, that was not a position of need to me. And especially that high in the draft in Atlanta, we both know Atlanta, that's just, they're going to want to see him out there. Matt Ryan is not the problem there. So I actually felt like Atlanta was in a great position to take the best player on the board who was Kyle Pitts. I personally probably would have traded down if I was Atlanta and invested a little bit in the defense, but I did not hate the Kyle Pitts pick for them. The reason I didn't like it is y'all also had a needed edge. Like Deion Jones was their leading sack dude with four and a half. That ain't, that ain't going to cut it in the right. National Football League. So you had other needs. I'm with you that Kyle Pitts is the best non-quarterback. But I thought that if you get him to go along with Julio, who might want out, we'll see what happens there. But you also matching with Calvin Ridley, you could have real – I mean, just – that could be dynamic. I, you're betting on Matt Ryan. All right, fine. Whatever. That's what you want to do. The thing about Justin Fields was bothering me at a, at a level that was getting uncomfortable because we had this with Lamar Jackson – few years ago right we had nfc off uh, defense coordinators and offense coordinators talking about he can't read defenses joy there are two unanimous mvps in this league mm-hmm. ever right one of them is tom brady the other one's <laughs> lamar jackson right we still got we still got people that think that lamar jackson you know, is playing out of position and then we did this with kyler murray you know a couple years ago we had folks getting out here talking about he can't read a whiteboard okay four thousand one thousand dude and if he's not able to read your offense that's your problem and that's not even to get past that he can do that. And then with Fields, it was perplexing to me because he and Lawrence have been one, two since high school, you know, like since 2018, they have been the best players, not just at their positions, but in the country. And then knowing what he did just over the last six months, let alone throughout his life, I was getting upset, right? It's a dude that goes 22 or 28 for 385, six TDs, one pick against Clemson. And we're talking about him sliding and we're talking about sliding for a dude that played a group of five school at BYU. All right, fine, whatever. And then Matt Jones. Joy, snails and molasses move faster than Matt Jones. Okay. <laughs> he's not, he's not the most athletic. I, I will give you that. I don't Would listen. You? I'm I'm the 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 Lamar Jackson comparison, I think, is actually is very interesting because that mm. is that's how I how I felt about Justin Fields criticism is how I felt about Lamar Jackson's criticism I'm like hold up like didn't this dude just win a Heisman am I tripping 
Like, what are we, what are we picking apart here? And I think it ended up working very much in Lamar Jackson's favor because he went to Baltimore who completely leaned into all of his talents. And mm -hmm. you know, as we know now, he's an MVP. Kyler Murray, I was a little more uh, understanding of the criticisms of Kyler Murray because you remember Kyler Murray wasn't sure if he was going to play baseball up until, you know, very near to the draft. Like he, we were not even sure if he was going to play football. So I was okay with some kind of resistance to Kyler Murray. Also, he's not very big. So I, I, Kyler Murray didn't shake me as much as the Lamar Jackson's criticism did. Cause I was like this, he's, he's clearly a dynamic athlete and can clearly play the position. He won a Heisman playing that position. So why are you talking about him being a wide receiver? That doesn't make any sense to me, but it worked out in his favor, which is similar to what I think what will happen with Justin Fields. You know, Justin Fields went to kind of a good situation. Now, overall, Chicago has had some major issues, but Matt Nagy is really good with young quarterbacks. We give Trubisky a lot of shit, but he did have some success with Trubisky. Like he got as much as he could get out of Trubisky. The situation isn't very steady there, but they're, they're both on the hot seat. They do need a lot of talent uh, development and, and, and acquisition there in Chicago. But I think there's a newfound optimism now that they've taken Justin Fields. So I think he actually ended up going to a good situation as well. No, I think you're 100% right. Like, I like this fit because Justin Fields can do a lot of the same things that Pat Mahomes can do, and that's the kind of offense that they run in Chicago. Now, you get him a couple of other weapons to go out there on the outside, I think you got an offense, right? Because David Montgomery is also really, really good at his job, right? I love Darnell Mooney out of Tulane. Like, that's a dude that can stretch the field for you. And then all of the things that we say Mitch Trubisky could do, Justin Fields can do and then some, right? So that's part of it. Plus, you know, you mentioned Kyler Murray being short. First, I'm a short king. So I, you know, you're not going to get very far with me talking about how short somebody is, right? I, and, listen, I'm a shorty. I'm 5'2". So I, okay, I, I, I understand the short life. Okay. I'm just saying it's a similar to my, uh, and listen, Kyler Murray has far succeeded uh, any expectations I had for him in the league. I think he's an incredible player. I love watching Kyler Murray play. But like what is dynamic and incredible about Kyler Murray is kind of the opposite of a player like Tua that has mm. like kind of a similar body type. Like he's not as dynamic. He's, he's on the smaller side. And I don't think that that's going to end up benefiting him in the league. I think that the, the position itself, the quarterback position in the league mm. is no longer in a box, right? Like there, you can be pretty much any kind of body type. Lamar Jackson looks nothing like Kyler Murray, looks nothing like Tom Brady, looks nothing like Mac Jones, look, looks nothing like Patrick Mahomes. They, none of them really look alike. Um, even Aaron Rodgers, like there, there's, you know, maybe, maybe a little Justin Herbert here and there. I don't know. Justin Herbert's probably even a little bigger. Like, so you really don't have to be a specific body type to play and be successful at the quarterback position in this league. But if you're looking at somebody who is an outlier, I still understand why teams might be a little bit, uh, you know, afraid to take that leap. We saw that as a conversation with another position in Devonte Smith, which I think he ended up going to a great situation in Philadelphia that they're sticking with Jalen hurts and they're going to, you know, they, they took a, a, a flyer on him because so many teams were afraid about his body type. So I think overall, the league has really changed as far as that goes. I just think if you are going to be an outlier body type, you have to be extremely dynamic physically. And of course, have the mental, uh, you know, aspect of the game down as well, because you're not gonna be able to rely on your big body. No, you're right. I mean, and they got to lean into his talents the way that Baltimore leaned in Lamar Jackson's. And I think you're, they're doing that, right? When you look at some of the dudes they got around that man, they ought to be lethal, right? Because, 
you added and then you added too. Like, I'm very excited to see what Arizona turns out to be this year, especially knowing that yeah. they got error rate principles to them. But the, you know, move me off of Justin Fields, just assume. But Josh Allen is the type for me, right? right? Like, if you were going to draft him, you're drafting him because it's hard to bring that dude down. He can run with the football and he got a cannon for an arm. Thing he has over Allen, I think, is that he's coming out a little bit more accurate and with fewer problems, right? And Got, to fix uh, Justin his Fields. Yes. Yeah, yes, but I, I think yeah, but I think Justin Fields is much more athletic, faster uh, than Josh Allen. Now, again, really, what happens within these organizations is going to determine the success of all of these young quarterbacks in their, their first three years. So if you look at that evaluation, and we talked about it on Speak for Yourself today, who is the most NFL-ready quarterback. And I think, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is in a category all his own when it comes to being NFL-ready. 36 college starts. He practically lived in the college football playoffs, You know, won a championship over Bama his freshman year. Like He is the pedigree, right? He is the, he is the prodigy quarterback now if it's going to work with urban meyer in jacksonville is the question but i, I think it will um but when you, if you set trevor lawrence aside i think everyone can agree was obviously the consensus number one overall pick for a reason where each of these guys ended up i think will determine their success for example i think trey lance went to the best situation right now and if he doesn't have to play right away and can sit behind jimmy garoppolo he's going to have, I think, an incredible amount of success in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. No, you're right. I mean, like, the, the, the thing about Trevor that I think is most interesting is that dude has lost all the five games in his career and never won in the regular season, right? He's lost now, two. If, uh, well, two in college, right? I'm talking yeah. about going back to high school. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, going all, like, he's something okay. like 85 and five. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. My bad. No, and two in college, yes. Right, so, yeah. 36 so, and two so, in so five in his two. entire uh, football playing career, yes. Right. So either you're going to change that organization or they're going to change you. Right. Because depending on how the schedule comes out, they could go a calendar year without a W. So that's one thing. But oh, Lance is think? also – yeah. Like, all right. The way that I got this mapped out in the National Football League, head coaches that have never coached in the NFL don't necessarily get off to a roaring start, okay? You also had a lot of dudes that I like, but not a lot of them were offensive linemen. Like, all the dudes they got are skill players for me where they play defense. Like, I love Travis Etienne, and I love having him in the backfield with Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. You got to have five dudes out there that can block for those dudes and take care of your franchise quarterback yeah, and I mean, let that, that was, dude be the preternatural dude that he thinks he can be. That was a problem in Cincinnati this year. Right, 100%. And that was why I was looking at them going, y'all better go get Penny Sewell, and they, they didn't do that. But yeah. to your point about Lance, I mean, you don't do this unless you think that you're a quarterback from winning the Super Bowl. And it feels that way, right? Like it feels like the Niners are right there if Lance is able to adopt what they can do. And you've already got Jimmy G coming out here knowing what he's supposed to be doing, saying, I'm going to help raise him up and we're going to get him in a position to where he can succeed. Because I think Jimmy wants a Super Bowl ring and I think he wants us to forget that he threw a pass with his eyes closed in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know that Jimmy is going to be necessarily a mentor for Trey Lance. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know Jimmy personally at all, but I think it takes a very special kind of individual and personality, you know, an Alex Smith type guy to serve in that role because, you know, these are all competitors and Jimmy G's going to wind up somewhere else. You know, obviously his time in San Francisco is over. They wouldn't have taken Trey Lance, but 
what I think is interesting about the San Francisco situation is I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that I think rookie quarterback should start right away. Especially if, if you're taken in the top mm. five, you should be starting week one, like number one, overall pick Baker Mayfield should have started week one. Tua mm. should have started week one. In my opinion, if you're healthy, you should be out there. You should be learning the game hands-on week one. I understand there is some value to sitting behind a pro and learning how to be a professional. You know, it worked out for Kansas city, obviously worked out for, you know, green Bay, but when I look at the situations like Kansas city and green Bay, you had Alex Smith, you had Andy Reid, you had a stable organization. You had a lot of talent. They had the, the grace period to, to not put those guys out there, right. To develop them. When you're usually, if you're going that high, it's time for a quarterback. So it's, you, you really got to get out there. So I think San Francisco is in a unique situation where I'm okay with them keeping Jimmy G letting Jim, this be Jimmy G's team for one more year while Trey Lance learns, because as we know, Trey Lance did not play last year. He's only played one game in the last, what, 18 months. So mm -hmm. he has a lot of raw talent, but he hasn't played a lot of football as of recently. And it's going to be a big step from North Dakota state to the NFL. The thing that bothers me about Lance is not that he hasn't played as much football in a short amount of time. It's that he hadn't played a lot of football, period. Like he and Mac Jones got the same number of starts. Right. 17, right? But the, the thing that I also want to point out here is he ain't get hit last year. He, he ain't injured, right? Like he's not rehabbing anything. Right. He's fresh. That's a year that you get on the end of him that he would have otherwise used at a place like North Dakota State. The other thing that I think is really interesting to point out about all of these dudes is, yo, man, if you have them play right away and you don't have an offensive line that can protect them, what good is it to play them right away? And I think that is the reason why I would be hesitant to throw my rookie quarterback out there because probably the reason we're going to get a quarterback ain't the quarterback that we had. It's also because we didn't line. have an offensive line that could protect that dude. Well, you saw that with Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrow and it was awful to see him go down like that. And I'm with you. I think Jamar Chase is an incredible draft pick for them, but it would have been very tough for me to pass up on an offensive lineman. Now they did make some moves in the off season to shore up the offensive line. And, you know, I get it. Jamar Chase is really hard to pass up on, but no, I, I understand that mentality. I just, I think that, I think there is value to one, having a full evaluation of your quarterback. Cause I think that's a, an issue that Miami ran into this year because they played flip-flop with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now they really don't know what they have in Tua. So they, they, because Bill O'Brien's was the worst GM in NFL history, they had, they were able to turn that trade into, you know, 400 picks or whatever it is and wind up with, with the third overall pick before trading out of it. And if you knew what you had in Tua, it wouldn't even be a question of like, mm, should we stay here? Do we need to trade for Deshaun Watson? You know, those, those conversations wouldn't be out there because they didn't let Tua rise or fall last year. They really don't know what they have in him. So, you know, I, I just think that in certain situations, it's best to just get them out there and, uh, and, and see what they have so that you can have a full evaluation as you're moving through the next few years and you're building your team. So who, who to you, I know it's tough to really grade drafts because we don't really know what's going to happen with any of these players. And you really need like a good three year space to evaluate how a draft really was, but to, was there a draft, a team's draft or say drafting an off season that really stuck out to you is like, they really addressed all of their needs. 
all of their needs, no. But I kept looking at the Jaguars going, I know that dude, and I know that dude, and I know that dude, right? And I did that with the Jets too, to be fair, right? I thought the teams that had the most picks actually decided they were going to go build through the draft. I'm also looking at Matt Rule, and I think he's on to something because we were joking about it on the watch party in that that man is just refusing to draft anything other than defensive players because he wants to build through the draft on his defense and going to get a guy like J.C. Horn. I had Pat Sertan rate it just a little bit higher than him, right? Yeah. But I could see it. Also tells you what they're trying to do. So I really like what they were doing. I also like that Jerry Jones went and got my guy, Micah Parsons, Micah. I love Micah. days after Sean Lee decided I'm going to hang it up. And also, I'm already looking at that going, yo, man, are we know, do we do we know that that Leighton Vander Esch is going to be healthy? Do we know that LVE is going to be okay? Because Jalen Smith looked like he was out there by himself a lot of times, 154 tackles, but he didn't have no running mate, right? So you need to go get a corner. Pastor Tan was gone. Micah was still there. Now you got a running mate for Jalen Smith and what I think is perhaps the coolest inside linebacker crew that I've seen in a very long time. Like, I mean, Jalen going to be out there rocking the dreads. Mike is going to be out there walking in, walking that steel city and that stick city. I'm here for it. Right. The other, the only other team that I thought was actually doing a really good job. All things considered was actually the chargers. I love what right? I was going to say. My, my two teams, I think that did the most this off season as a whole through draft and uh, free agency were the Browns and the chargers. Mm. Well, you look at the Browns, they had Tommy Togiai to the middle of Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. And for the folks that don't know, unless you're Ohio State fans, then you can, you, you know. But that what I thought was the best defensive tackle they had last year. And they really missed him in the national championship game. That's going to be a dominant pass rush, right? And to the point about the Chargers, being able to continue to protect a dude like Justin Herbert ought to be your one job. That be, ought to be your only job as a GM. Let me make sure that the six foot six rookie of the year has everything that he needs. And then you got, went and got Rashawn Slater, who I think vaulted into the top of this draft based entirely on how he was able to handle and roll up Chase Young. Like that was it. Because 2019, he was that dude. The other dude that did that was Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. So knowing that those dudes were out there, that's what I wanted you to go get. I'm with you on the Chargers. I'm, man trying to think there's nothing I would disagree with you on, on that except to say I'm looking at the Rams going do y'all care about the draft at all like yeah I don't know I mean look I think that the Rams are one of the more interesting teams because they you know they obviously added Matthew Stafford but they lost a lot of pieces this offseason as well outside of you know the the Stafford golf trade and you know this division is always flip-flopping who's at the top. So if I'm actually, if I'm looking at this division right now, I think you got to go Seahawks, right? Well, I mean, they're the, they're the only West, known right? right now. There's the only known right now. We don't know Look. what Jimmy G's going to be. San Francisco. The thing about San Francisco is San Francisco was so not healthy as a mm. whole team last year. People forget that it wasn't just Jimmy G that was injured. They had so many injuries last year. So many. So they're going to be healthier as a team, but we still don't know who really is going to be at the quarterback position because you can't count on Jimmy G to be healthy week one. No, but I would ask this question. Is it more important to have Robert Sala on your defense or to find your franchise quarterback? Because that's the only thing that I think would 
put me off the Niners. Like you're right about the injuries. I'm with you there. But I want to know how important that dude was. I think he's very successful. important. I think he's very important. He had that defense flying around. Now, how he's going to be at a head co- as a head coach, I don't know. Um, that's that's a tougher division to coach in now as well with Brian Flores, McDermott, and Bill Belichick. It's not the same. Uh, it's also a different job, right? Like, yeah, it's a whole different skill set. Right. Yeah, and I, and I like Robert Sally. I'm rooting for him. Um, I don't. If I had to guess which one of these quarterbacks is not going to work and which situation is not going to work, I would go Jets just because it's the Jets and they have they 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 need a lot. And again, that division is not the same division that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were feasting on for 20 years. Like the Dolphins are much better, their defense is much better. The Bills are Super Bowl contenders. And Bill Belichick is back with eight opt-outs back in Cam Newton, another year in his system. And they spend a bajillion dollars in the off season. So Zach Wilson. I'm going to go ahead and bet on, 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 on Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm, that, what do you I'm mean? Not, bet on Trevor? I, that's, as far as what? That, I take that back. I like Trevor Lawrence more than I like Mac Jones. And Who I don't do like think, Mac. Here, let me ask you this then. Okay. Who do you think will be, you like Mac Jones better than Trevor Lawrence? What'd you say? No, uh, to, to, to be the, the dude that is the odd man out here. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I'm not a huge Mac Jones fan. Um, okay. I don't, he went from being like a second or third round pick to, you know, possibly going three to San Francisco. So I don't know how that happened. But let me ask you this. Mm. Um, assuming, because the only real way to make this evaluation is assuming that they, they all play this year, which right. I, I don't think Mac Jones will play this year. And I, you know, Trey Lance, if he does play, will only play probably because of injury um, this year. So we know Justin Fields is going to play, but probably not at the beginning of the season. And Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are going to be out there right away. But let's assume they all play at some point this season for a significant enough amount of time to evaluate against each other. Right. Who do you think is the most successful this year, if that happens? Man. And by success, I, we can't really measure wins, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert was rookie of the year last year. They were not great. Well, that's that's the question, right? The question, I think, boils down to who do we think has the best opportunity to win rookie of the year? And, and given yeah, that, that so let's playing that. time. Who, who, right. Assuming that they that's, all play, because that's the only way that you could win rookie of the year. It's going. It's got to be Lawrence, right? Because that's, that's the money there, because you know that that dude's going to start. He's going to get 17 games to do it. He's going to get the most opportunities to throw the ball around of any of those guys. And they're betting on him being great right, right. now. I would hedge and, and probably pick one of the dudes that I think is going to start a little bit later on. But of the guys that you just pointed out, and we're talking about really Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And I like Trevor Lawrence more than I like Zach Wilson. Yeah. It gets a little bit more interesting if we cut the season in half. But yeah, today is Trevor Lawrence. I think, uh, well, I'll be putting my money on Kyle Pitts to win rookie of the year mm. because I don't think Mac Jones is going to see the field. I don't know when Justin Fields is going to see the field. Uh, I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be doing much but running for his life in New York his first year. And uh, I don't know how much, you know, to your point, how, how much protection Trevor Lawrence is going to have. He's going to be playing from behind a lot, um, even though I do think that he's going to look good and look NFL ready at the beginning. So the money for me, I think Fox bet has odds at like plus 1000 for Kyle Pitts right now. So mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like long shots makes it more interesting. You know, see, 
I see joy. I like to win. You get more for your money. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, okay, here's my thing. (laughs) It's not that Kyle Pitts does not have the talent to win the the NFL rookie of the year, right? Right. If we are actually stacking these dudes up, who's going to be the most productive It's probably going to be that dude. The reason that I'm not going to pick him is because we don't let quarterback or anybody but quarterbacks win this award. No, that's not true. Saquon, uh, Odell. Saquon was the offense. Like, that was the thing. Do you think Kyle Pitts is going to be the offense as long as Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are there? I don't know. You know what? There's just so much buzz around Kyle Pitts. I think I, I think it's possible. And there should be. There should be. I think be. it's possible. If they lean into him, because, they're, I mean, he was considered to be the best wide receiver on top of being the best tight end in the draft, which is why he went for I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, I look, I know that's Julio out there. It is and Julio. Is Julio going to be healthy out there? Yeah. If he's not, Calvin is. But, yeah, I think he's going to be healthy because, I, I don't know, the kid out of Foley, Alabama is still that dude. And I kept thinking perhaps Julio Jones is going to fall off. No. No. He no. never falls off. He's just He just has got to be healthy. I love Julio. I just I, – I don't know. That's where I'm putting my money personally. I give you one outlier. Like okay. one dude that I think has an opportunity to win this award that nobody sees coming is Najee Harris. Listen, I love Najee. The only thing about Najee Harris that would give me pause if I'm talking about actual dollars right, is like, Steelers' offensive line is mad sketch. Yeah, and they they were dead last in rushing yards. But if they have something like they did in James Conner a couple of years ago, yeah, and I think they do in Najee Harris. It's easy for me to see, right? Especially if you want to lean into him and then turn Juju back into what Juju was when Antonio Brown was on the other side. But that's going to take a lot, I think, out of Ben Roethlisberger and the rest of that receiving core. But I'm with you. If they they figure out the offensive line, though, lean on that dude because they want to run the ball and they want to play defense. They have to run the ball. They can't ask Ben Roethlisberger to throw it 50 times a game again. His arm's going to fall off. And I, I love Najee Harris. I think he is, I, I, first of all, that, that was the pick that Steelers fans wanted. Like I wanted the Steelers to take Najee Harris. I wanted them to take a running back mm-hmm. and they needed to take a running back. So it was, it was a perfect match. And he's a very high, high character guy mm-hmm. um, and, and a highly productive player as well. And a good receiving back also. So all of those elements can be a, a really big dynamic to their offense, but they, they, they need a running game. Like obviously Look, everybody needs a running game, right? But like the Steelers' identity is a tough defense and -hmm. running the ball. And they haven't had that. They really haven't had a consistent James Conner a little bit, but since Le'Veon left, they really Mm -hmm. haven't had a dynamic running game. So I like it. They they took Najee and are going to have lean in that. I I wish they would have been more aggressive about getting a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. Like I thought, I mean, Sam Darnold's out there. Why you wouldn't? make a trade for Sam Donald. I have no idea. I'm done with Ben Roethlisberger personally on a personal level, but I mean, there's a thing about Pittsburgh though. Pittsburgh going to ride it out to the very end till the wheels fall off. That's what Pittsburgh's going to do. Hey, can you blame the no? Like with Mike Tomlin at the helm, they've been all right. They, they've been all right. And they have never been sorry. You know, I'm from Pittsburgh, right? I might've guessed. Yeah. I'm from Pittsburgh. I might've guessed. So I don't, I really like it. It's, it's painful for me to to watch them become yo what- hey hey look 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 don't talk to me about joe pain when you got rings to show in your lifetime right like jerry ain't got me no ring since 1996 okay, Ooh, cowboys okay. Fan. yeah my mom is my mom is inexplicably a cowboys fan what you I mean say, inexplicably? I, well, because she's from Pittsburgh. Like it's how did that oh, okay all right my bad um, okay. but she, she loves <laughs> she loves Emmett Smith so um hey look 
And you could do a lot worse than Emmett. You could do a lot worse than Dion. You could do a lot worse than the Playmaker. You could do a lot worse than Aikman. I keep going here. Can you imagine reason- if that that those teams were assembled right now with Jerry oh, Jones? Man. Oh man, it'd be so much fun. Like and and let Jimmy coach the team. All right, so that was the reason I fell in love with the Cowboys. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> understood. Jimmy got it. Like. Jimmy didn't care what you did as long as you went out and won him football games, right? And I do love the psychology behind, like, I think his uh, degree is in industrial psychology. I'm going to treat you like, like the player that I want you to be, not the player you are. Mm. Now, if that means that you're going to go cut up, I don't care. Show up to work on time, do your job. And that was going back to Miami. And yeah. Miami is well, team that I was You got to a worship. coach like that in Miami. Oh, man, look, I want a coach like Jimmy. I want I love, somebody. I love gonna, Jimmy. 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 Uh, Jimmy drafted my brother. So you know, yes. Jimmy. And, Jimmy is the best in my opinion. So why are you why are you still riding with the Steelers then? Oh, because I'm from there. Like I'm always riding with the Steelers. I mean, I love the Dolphins. Also, I mean, but you know, I, it just pains me. To, look, I just didn't buy into the 11 and 0 start last year, and I, I saw the holes. It wasn't really a Steelers. Uh, identity type of team and the way that they were playing and winning so I, i'm i don't like the idea it's a haunting fear of mine for them to move on from ben roethlisberger and not have a replacement like that's just that that's because they're always going to be too good to be at the top of the draft now the one thing i will say about the nfl that's changed a lot is they you can get a quarterback in free agency now which you never used to be able to do mm-hmm like the other part about that, that I think is going to be funny, especially as we talk about Aaron Rodgers, we talk about Ben Roethlisberger, talk about this aging group of quarterbacks as this new set of stars comes in, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, whatnot. Teddy Bridgewater still in Denver. Hmm. Teddy Bridgewater has not had a real opportunity to lead a team. I mean, you give him the COVID year, I'm going to give everybody the COVID year. I'm going to give everybody to do over on that, right? But Denver's going to need to move that quarterback if they want to go get Aaron Rodgers. They're going to have to do it sooner rather than oh, later. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I so, thought you I meant, mean, like, they have dudes you meant, out like, there. You, you think, like, Teddy is a starting quarterback. I feel like Teddy is a bridge quarterback. I love Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is capable okay, of so winning a Super Bowl. Do you think he's more capable of winning a Super Bowl than Jameis Winston? I don't know. I, I got to see Jameis this year, but honestly. And Yo, I, he got I, his I, eyes fixed though, Joy. He got mean? like. I know okay. I'm saying I, I like Jameis. I, I like this new version of Jameis. He got in shape. He had a year under Sean Payton. He, he got a, he got surgery. He seems like he is now like he's he's been humbled. I don't really but believe, also, I don't really believe in being humble, but like. It's I, this. It's this. <laughs> okay. The man's nickname was Jameis Squinston no, at Florida I, State. I, 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 listen, how this has not happened earlier, I don't what? know. Uh, I, I didn't like I didn't like Jameis coming out of college because of the maturity issues. Um, and I, did, I didn't really like that draft at all. I didn't like Jameis coming out and I didn't like Marcus Mariota. But I understood like he has this potential, right? And he, mm-hmm. he does have production. The problem is Jameis Squinston also throws the same amount of interceptions as he does 30 for 30 touchdowns, which is not a sustainable uh, way to run your, your team. Uh, not to even mention the pick sixes. So yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see how Jameis does this year, but I think his, his ceiling is much higher than Teddy Bridgewater. 
I could see that, but I, I would I I didn't think that Ben Roethlisberger was going to be any good when y'all drafted him. I'm dead. I'm honest about that, right? I'm like Miami of what? I only know one Miami. <laughs> oh, who is this dude that James Harrison was dumping on his head? Ben, Which people forget. Yeah. Like people just just automatically forget that James Harrison was living in the backfield putting in Ben Roethlisberger on his back. So if Ben Roethlisberger can be your franchise quarterback and win you Super Bowls, I don't see why Teddy Bridgewater could. That's, I'm not that's saying he can't. I just don't know if I'd see it. And it's got to be a really great situation in Denver, ain't it? So before I let you go, obviously mm. the, the Aaron Rodgers situation has – has peaked peak drama, which I love. I live for this. I'm all about anarchy and chaos. And it, this is just nonstop. Like I honestly, when this news dropped last week, I was, I, I literally sat around my apartment laughing like all day. I was just on social media, just reading. Like I was firing off jokes. Like it's, this is, this is like, mm, it's like filet. It's like bone in filet uh, <laughs> to me. So Look, if you're a Packers fan, I'm sure you hate it, but I am completely on Aaron Rodgers' side on this. What is your what is your opinion of the situation as far as like if somebody's right or wrong? I think I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers signed a contract, and I'm not the dude to say live out your contract. I, I usually side with uh, labor on these issues, right? Mm-hmm. Because ownership's going to do what ownership does, and we have lots of data in and out of sports to show that. But I looked at it, okay, and. They're going to pay him to trade him to start because they already paid him the $6.8 million roster signing bonus, right? right? So that's $7 million they can't get back. There's $23 million still left on his $57.5 million contract that he would forfeit if he chose to quit playing football. Sure. It costs $50,000 a day to set out these mandatory events. And, I, you know, 30 times 50, you look at $1.5 million. I don't think you got that kind of stomach. And then the Packers have no incentive to trade him, A, He's the MVP, the reigning MVP, the best player in football at quarterback, period. That's what you got. And it's $38 million against the cap if they trade him. Right. That leaves him about $1 million to work with. Don't nobody want to be in that. Whereas they trade him in 2022, that $38 million goes to $17 million. And they basically told him, we don't care when they went and drafted Eric Stokes in the first round. And didn't get him a wide receiver in the first round. Love Amari Rodgers, no shade to Amari Rodgers. They are saying, you don't run anything. Right. You, can, you can cry about it and you can have all these people that think that you're right. But we own you and we're going to tell you what you can and can't do. Okay, but yes, all that is true. And maybe he plays another year for Green Bay and then they trade right. him next year. Right? right. But doesn't that sound silly? Like, it's the whole, this is why I'm on Aaron Rodgers side. Okay. They've had a top three defense three times in Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers career. Right. Mm-hmm. They haven't drafted a skill player in his entire career in the first round with the exception of Jordan love last year. Okay. So they live not only to piss him off, but they also have leaned in on surviving, on feasting, on Aaron Rodgers' pure, unadulterated talent for all these years. And what do you have to show for the last 29 years of behaving this way, Green Bay Packers, with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back? Two championships. So I I don't, I get it, like you don't run anything, 
but y'all always good and very rarely great. So maybe the way that you do things isn't the right way. Like it's great to be consistent. It's great to be uh, in the conversation. It's great to be competitive, but you can't go out here like pounding your chest about how successful you are unless you really like losing championship games. That's what y'all do. I mean, they make it to championship games. Cowboys don't make it to no championship games. All right, look. I, look. I hear you, but I don't like the way the Cowboys do business either. Like, I like talking Ooh, about the don't. Cowboys. I like talking about the Cowboys. I like watching the Cowboys, but they're not a winning organization. And that's like, that's not shade. Those are facts. So mm. it, like how you do business actually matters. So when you look at an organization like the Chiefs, or you look at an organization like the... Uh, what the Seahawks have now done with Russell Wilson after he complains, right? Actually, you know what, Russ? You're right. Let's listen to you a little bit. Let's bring you in on the, let's bring you into the table, right? Let's have conversations, right? Bill Belichick didn't do this. Where's Tom Brady at? He and Tampa Bay just won a championship and a Super Bowl MVP and they listened to Tom Brady. They consulted Tom Brady about drafting Kyle Trask. So Tom Brady's cool. They, they brought in players that Tom Brady wanted to bring in. You know, when you have a high level talent, it does have value to not only keep them happy when you, when you are in a talent-driven business, but it also is a value to you to listen to them because you don't do what they do. It, you know, There's certain things in business you can't do. You might be the executive. You might be the, the uh, one that signs the checks, but you don't do what you pay these people to do, that you're signing checks for them to do. So maybe they have a perspective that can be helpful to you because they're the ones 10 toes down in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? So like, I really don't respect when organizations are like, we own you or you signed a contract or this is the way we do business unless the way that you do business results in championships. Cause it doesn't with green Bay. You make it to NFC championship games and lose. They, they won one with Aaron, right? One. Okay. But, 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 but that's okay. They won one. They, they won one. And all right. So I'm going to use the madman analogy or madman analogy here. Right. Peggy comes into Don Draper's office talking about you use all my ideas and I don't get no credit. You do this and do that. That's what the money's for. That's what the money's for. You are getting paid to be Aaron Rodgers, not to be Aaron Rodgers with all the bevy of assortments and weapons that you want to be Aaron Rodgers. And they also have data to show when we piss you off, you play MVP caliber football, <laughs> period. Why would we mess with that? And to the point about Jordan Love, like you drafted him because you thought Aaron Rodgers was washed. You were wrong. You're also fully within your rights to keep playing him. Now, I also think there's a way to handle this if you're Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers ain't the kind of dude that's just out here telling everybody that he's trying to get along, okay? Right. This is a man whose teammates said on 60 Minutes, he a little sensitive. He a little sensitive. We got to take, take it easy on him. You got a couple that wins a trip to meet Aaron Rodgers. Husband of the couple says, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were. I tried to like, get a whole lot. And he says, I don't appreciate that at all. And walks off. I get that you are talented, but last time I checked, you need three things to get jobs. Be good at your job, be on time, have people like you. Two of those things is really all you need because if you're on time, people like you, they don't care if you're good at your job. But if you're good at your job, you better be on time, right? Well, I don't know if that applies to, uh, to Aaron Rodgers because here, here's where I would push back. Mm. I, I will take competent over nice when it comes to work now in your personal life you better be nice to me okay but if, if it's work 
a nice person is wonderful, but if you're not good at your job, I can't, I mean, I don't have time. I don't even got time. Like this is money. Okay. We were talking about. So, so that, that's yours, right? Right. But when you are in a competitive industry, like the NFL, that is talent driven, then I don't think you necessarily have to be nice and cuddly to be successful. I think Aaron Rodgers has shown that. So, so so, You're so making that to, point with Green Bay, right? Like, because like they're not right, being nice and cuddly with Aaron Rodgers. What is what is the benefit of that though? Because while Aaron Rodgers did win an MVP this year, they still lost the NFC Championship game. So you had another because he nice wasn't that season. good. What do you mean? He wasn't that good. What are you talking about? He wasn't that good. He won the MVP. No, in the NFC Championship game. Okay, well he can't do everything. Well, that's what the money's for. And build the, uh, no, I mean, at one point the money runs out. You're only paying him to do one job. He don't play the other side of the ball. <laughs> they don't do everything. That's what the money's for for the head coach. That's what I would say. That's what the money for is for the GM. Make sure you get players here on both sides of the ball. It's they, they, they have a good team. They don't have a great team. That's the difference. Aaron Rodgers is great. They have great pieces. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Mm. But what are you doing on both sides of the ball to make sure that you guys are winning championships, which they're not doing. That's my, that's, and now that you've pissed Aaron Rodgers off past the point of return, and he's talking about he wants traded the day of the draft and taking all the wind out of the Green Bay Packers draft sales and forcing you to put Jordan Love out there next year, whether he's ready or not. Next year, you could be without Aaron Rodgers. Have we? And then you better make sure that Jordan Love can play or you but, really going to look stupid. But have we? All right. So let me let me start with this. I'm out on Jordan Love because I watched a dude in college and he led the he led the FBS in interceptions. I, I, I am the FBS in interception. When I tell you, I've never been more alarmed and disturbed by a draft pick uh, than Jordan Love. I can firmly say that. And, that, and that's no shade of Jordan Love. Like, I, I want the kid to be successful, but I just. It's I facts. Thought, he I was 17 was, interceptions. I thought it was insane. It was an insane move by the Packers. But, but I'll put it this way. Let's say that Aaron Rodgers wants to walk this out and say that he's unhappy and he doesn't want to show up to training camp and he's willing to. Right eat the millions of dollars that it would cost him to, to miss however much time. If Jordan Love comes out in the first game, goes 24-34 for 344 with four TDs, guess who's going to show up the next day? <laughs> yeah, like, like, I mean, and, and, and I wouldn't want to leave my job up to what somebody else might or might not do, period. Now, I, would I still I, be I, upset I, with the Packers? Hell yeah, I would be. But what good is it doing him? Like okay, but here's my thing. Doesn't care. Are you are you really thinking that the Cowboys are gonna go from Brett Favre, first ballot Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, first ballot Hall of Famer, to Jordan Love, first ballot Hall of Famer? There ain't that much luck in the world. Look, there's uh there are only there are only three dudes who are playing 16 years starting quarterback at Green Bay, right? Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and your man Aaron Rodgers. You also don't have a lot of data to show that the next dude wasn't very good. Because that's what it is, right? So from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers is a seamless transition. And you get to say that if you are the Packers. You get to say, hey, maybe it's the organization. Maybe it ain't the player. Maybe it is the culture. Maybe we do build around these dudes. I'm maybe just... we do all the things that everybody says we, that you should be doing because our quarterback plays really well with Devontae Adams and parts. I'm just doing everything I can to keep an all-time talent like Aaron Rodgers. For what? He's getting older. For what? I, I, all right. All right. Here, here's the fun part of this. We're going to find out. That's why yes, I'm on Aaron Rodgers' yes, side. I'm on the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, arguably to some people, the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. I'm going to lean on the talent side. 
he ain't that old. So I'm going to lean on that side. I am not going to count on the Packers going from uh, Bart Starr to <laughs> Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love shutting down the league next. That's just too much luck in a row. Um, I just, I don't, I don't believe that, but I'm, I can't wait to find out. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm team A-Rod all the way. Um, I don't mind that he's difficult. I just think you like, look, we're in Hollywood, right? Mm. Talent is difficult, right? I get upset if I lose my special pen. I need my special pen. I can't function without my special pen. I got my heated blanket at my desk. I want my coffee at a certain time. I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. You know what I'm saying? Like I need my, my stuff in order. I'm not difficult. Hey. See, but Joy, some Joy, people, you, some people might think I'm difficult. Joy, you get to do that, okay? And I understand the flex is there, and I understand Aaron Rodgers got a flex there too. Little old me, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. When they ask me to do stuff, I do stuff, right? Listen, I hear you, I hear you, but that's how it goes. I don't, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers has enough pull to get what he wants. Matter of fact, I think it was Rob Demosky who made this point about Brett Favre and saying, we're going to move up off of you because he wasn't happy about it either. And people weren't exactly sure that Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers at the time, you'll remember. They yeah. were like, who did, who, what? This dude slid in the draft. What do we want with him? Demosky says, hey, look, they asked Brett, where do you want to go? You want to go to the Jets? You want to go to the Bucks? He said, I want to go to the Bucks. Where do you end up? The Jets. But like the last thing you should have done has been like, yeah, I want to go to Denver. I want to go to Vegas and I want to go to Niners. Like, I'm not training you to Niners to go win Super Bowl with you. That's embarrassing to me. That's the part. That's the part, right? The grass isn't always greener. Be careful mm. what you wish for. Whatever cliche you want to apply to it. That's the interesting part. Because if he would go to San Francisco, like when that rumor came out, I'm like, why the hell would the Packers send him to San Francisco? They got to be crazy as hell. Crazy as hell. They should all be fired instantly if they trade Aaron Rodgers to... I mean, did Aaron Rodgers burn their house down? Like, you got to do something drastic to trade Aaron Rodgers' reigning MVP to Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Or all you got to do is be difficult. I mean, what did you do that was that difficult? Because that is career suicide. They're going to win a Super Bowl tomorrow. Forget it. We don't even need to play the season. They won the Super Bowl if that happens. Now, if they send him to Denver, Mm. I mean... I don't know. Is he going to be able to win in Denver? He's got to hey, go up against hey, Mahomes. Hey, hey, and- no, you don't, don't, don't send him to Denver neither, right? Because look, look here. Jerry Judy there, KJ Hamler there, Tim Patrick there, Cortland Sutland there, Melvin Gordon there. No, Phil I Lindsay like, there. No. I like Denver. I like Denver's. I Put like him Denver's with Denver. Position. That's like, they really are Man, a quarterback go away. Patrick Mahomes twice a year. The Chargers are going to be a lot better. I ain't worried about the Raiders, but I mean, I don't know. Yo, when did we like, all right. Maybe I'm doing this as a revisionist, but we've been talking about Kansas City like it's a model franchise basically since about 2018, right? More or less. And then, you know, the man wins the MVP and he's the Michael Jordan of the sport. But it wasn't that long ago when we were all saying how trash the Chiefs were. Like as an organization, that's not the same. They're not the same. As a football team, that's not the same. I'm saying that that we 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 tend to have short memories about these things. That's all I'm saying. But that was a different. That was a different organization. Not a different organization, but like there was different personnel. I I can't. I can't hold the sins of their past against them. They have. They have confessed and converted, and now they are a good winning organization. So I got to give them. I got to give credit where credit's due. If you change the culture, like the Browns, I don't like. I can't. I for many years. Have You're talked bad about the Browns. Yeah, but the Browns have also been terrible. That's true. And no, now, 
I really like what the Browns did. I think They're Kevin fun. Stefanski has actually built a culture there. They have Andrew an identity. Barry, yeah. Andrew Barry's done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I liked Baker Mayfield. Uh, and he's he's completely leaned in to Cleveland. I thought they used him Look in a great this. way. They build up their, their – they have a great roster. I think they have the third-best roster in the league behind Tampa Bay and, and Kansas City. You know, the, the thing that I really love about Cleveland is that when I look at the roster, I get giddy because it's like, you know, all those dudes. And that's, that's really what I look forward to most as a college football guy is I'm going, I want to see the dudes that I know could play all playing together because there's some part of me that still wants to see something like these superstar teams that we could never have in the salary cap era, but somehow somebody figures it out. Right. Cleveland is one of those teams for me. I also thought that last year and maybe this year, depending on how you look at it, the Cowboys are fun to look at. They were fun to look at. Right. It's like Madden. Oh, I like this team. I know a bunch of the dudes on this team. When I look around at the league, Arizona is also that team. Now, I'm partial to them for a number of reasons, not the least of which is I know the offense they're running like the back of my hand. I like Kyler Murray. I like all the skill players, but they also just drafted Zayvon Collins, who I think is the most versatile linebacker out here. And first TU, my alma mater, draftee in the first round since 1977. It's been that long. We starving out here. <laughs> now we about to eat on Arizona. I'm here with it, Right. But that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking yeah. at, do I recognize your roster? Do I look at those dudes on your two deep and go, yo, you got who? I don't do that everywhere I look. And Cleveland is definitely one of those teams that I look at. Now, Cincinnati's starting to look a lot like LSU, which could be good, could be bad. I, I, like, I love Joe Burrow. So mm. I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati. But I think that I think the AFC North, you know, everyone always talks about the NFC West. I think that the, the AFC North is is the toughest division in football to me. Well, yeah, what's the what's the worst team in that division right now, Joy? In the AFC North? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's got Cincinnati still. Okay. And, and do we expect them to win seven games? I expect them to be a lot better than they were last year. If okay. Joe Burrow right. is, is right. you know, is upright, yeah, I do think they're going to be a lot better. Man, I think Baltimore is, is coming into the season with zero expectations, which is great for Baltimore. Cleveland has... Uh, to me, the highest level of expectations. And I don't know what, I don't have a lot of faith in Ben Roethlisberger, but I have a lot of faith in Mike Tomlin. Right. So, you know, I think that, I think that's a very, I mean, they had three teams in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. No, it's tough. I mean, I, I know we look at the NFC West. I think we look at the NFC West because, you know, out in the West coast that y'all think a lot of y'all and, 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 you know, full respect. Y'all got it. Full respect. I got it. But I'm also looking at those quarterbacks because, when I watch the NFL and when I talk about the NFL, nobody's asking me about the defensive line. Nobody's asking me about how the safeties play. They don't ask me what is the best corner. Like I barely ever get to mention Stefan Gilmore's name. It's what the quarterback doing. And we know every last one of the quarterbacks in NFC West, they got two former number one overall picks in there. And those dudes might end up being on the two worst teams in the division. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. with it. I'm with it. Um, well, it's going to be an exciting season. Every team, uh, I think outside of the Vikings and kind of Tennessee, I feel like I know eh, Tennessee's going to be good. Just okay. Good. Not, not great. Good. Fun. I love Derrick Henry, but like, there's not a whole lot of storylines, but every other team really has something, at least something about them that's interesting that I got to watch. I got to see what happens. Is Houston going to win a game? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot about Houston. I literally forgot. I forgot. I completely, I literally <laughs> forgot. Right I'm literally way over there. That they were, Do they play NFL like, football? That they are even in the NFL. Uh, oh, yeah. the, oh, my God. I don't know. Like, Houston's drop-off has been 
It's just remarkable. Really. At one point, y'all had y'all had Deshaun Watson, JJ Watt, and DeAndre Hopkins on the same Clowny. team. Yeah. Yeah. Now you go like poor Terod, like poor Terod, like I I want like Terod's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He took the Buffalo to the playoffs. They have and somebody's Pro Bowl. They have somebody's youth passer who <laughs> who crip walks. I can't, I can't, I, I won't allow it to be, I can't have it in my life. So yeah, oh, I, I literally, like, I saw that and was like, oh my God. No, like, no, that, I'm can't, a, that can't be successful. God doesn't I'm believe a, in that. If you're going to be bad, be Not all the, God the way I serve. bad. Nope. <laughs> like, oh. all right, who's, who has a better chance to go winless? Is it Detroit or is it Houston? You know, here's the thing. I don't, I'm interested in Detroit. I know everybody is is blowing Detroit off. And listen, I lived through the Miami Dan Campbell era. Okay. In Miami. So I'm not super into like macho, macho, alpha man stuff. Like that doesn't do it for me. I like intelligence. Like that's, that is stimulating to me. I don't like the dumb ass, like run through a wall. You, shit. you like the I, Morehouse men. Yeah. Like I, I, I understand there's a time and a place for rage. Right. I, I believe me. Like I, I get it, but that only goes so far. Like that's only going to get you one win in the trenches in a big moment. That's not a sustainable uh, formula for success in anything. Like it's just not, you have to game plan. I mean, you, you, you look at any sport, any business where you're just running off pure emotion, that's going to fizzle out. Hmm. So I, I would rather have someone who is extremely intelligent, who can who can appreciate the rage and not build off biting off kneecaps. So that's always been Dan Campbell's thing. Now he's he has a lot of fans around the league. Mm -hmm. So I didn't I thought the Miami situation I didn't buy into that and it it, it didn't work in Miami. Obviously, I don't <laughs> I don't like that mentality, but I am interested to see what happens there with Jared Goff, because we know what Jared Goff was before he had Sean McVay. And we saw what happened this year when he lost confidence. So I think at the very least, I want to see what Dan Campbell and Jared Goff do. I don't think they're going to go winless. I think that's dramatic. I, I think Houston could, I mean, cause we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, if he's going to be able to play or not. Um, I, I think I, I, I don't, I don't know what I don't, Houston is just, Houston's a disaster. Yeah. I like what Dan Campbell has around him. Like the dudes that are on the staff are yeah. dudes that I like. Yeah. Right? Now, the other part about this is when I talk to folks about what the Lions are going to be about, like we talked about Penny Sewell going to the Lions on, on the watch party. And the question was, can you really trust an offensive lineman to be your alpha? Right. Because that's what you're doing with your first pick in the, in the draft. You're saying, this is a guy that we expect to be our leader on and off the field. So like, Schwartz brought that, brought that up, but then Hujmanzada says that he's going to have to get into a fight. And what better place for you to get into a fight than the dude likely to hand you the gloves and Dan Campbell, right? And that's the reason I'm with you. And like, I don't know how much that's going to work because in this, in the modern football league, I don't think you can just bully people and expect to run off a of rage. Now to your point about Jared Goff, I call that dude the remote control, Okay. I call that dude the remote control because you're right. When Jeff Fisher was there, he wasn't no good. Sean McVay said, now nah, I know what to do with this because Sean McVay is one of those thinking uh, kind of cats that we like. Yep. But Bill Belichick said, oh, that dude can't actually make any calls on his own. So I'm going to just wait 
until Sean McVay can no longer talk in his ear. And then I'm going to shift the defense. And Jared Goff was in no man's land. Did not know what he was looking at. That terrifies me. Like, I, I, I can't have that as an offense coordinator. I, I got to have somebody out there that can do the things that I can do. Because I'm supposed to put you in good situations. But Mike Leach makes this point. I need a quarterback to think on his feet. Sometimes I just send in the formation because you're seeing it. And if Jared Goff can't see it, yeah, it's going to be a long season. And I can easily see them not winning a game. I also don't want – I would be remiss to not mention the Philadelphia Eagles because – we don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. And I've, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I'm glad that they stuck with Jalen Hurts because there was some talk that they were going to try and get a quarterback. And I'm like, y'all y'all, need to commit. Like, you're like, you're like that, that 54-year-old bachelor like, that everyone's like, you're just weird, dog. Like, get a girlfriend. This is too much. Nobody thinks this is cute with them skinny jeans. Like, stop. So that's what the Eagles are. We're, we're trending towards. So I'm mm. glad that they, they committed to Jalen Hurts. You have a year, find out what you have in him. They took Devontae Smith, which I think was a good move. But I, their front office to me is, is not a functional place. And I think Nick Sirianni was a huge reach as a head coach. Yeah, his, his introductory press conference is legendary and not for the good reasons. It was a like, disaster. It was a I'm disaster. with you on... I'm with you on doubting Jalen Hurts because I got an up-close look at him when he was at Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. And two things bother me about Jalen Hurts. His reluctance to throw the ball down the field, and he just refused to throw it deep down the field to his left. Now, Devontae Smith is a deep threat. Right. Now, you can, you can do the bubble screen stuff. You can do the zone read and have him running in that slot if you want to, but that's not what he does. And it says everything to me that in the national championship game, Nick Saban looked over at Tua Tagovailoa, cold on the bench. He said, "You in? He out?" And that is how they won the game with Tua throwing deep to Devontae Smith. If any dude that's gonna get pulled in the second half of the national championship game is not the dude that I'm gonna butt my franchise on. That said, they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as quarterback, so maybe like the Packers, they just think that they are the magic juice. <laughs> They yeah, think that well, they're the sauce. Unlike the pack, unlike the Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles do not have the Packers uh, pedigree of consistently being good. So right. if I got to pick between the Packers way of doing business or the Eagles way of doing business, I'm gonna go with the Packers, even mm -hmm. though the Eagles have won a Super Bowl as of more recently because the Packers have a, a have a longer history of sustained success at least. But my issue with the with the Eagles is one, I don't like when owners and GMs are meddling. I don't ever think that that, that works um, for multiple reasons. I, I just don't I, I don't believe that if you can't if you don't have the capacity to delegate, then you are into wasting time. And that doesn't generally lead to success. Like I think Doug Peterson covered a lot of warts for that organization for a long time. I think it was a mistake to let him go. And uh, even before the press conference, like I think Sirianni would have had to come out with such an impressive press conference mm. for me to be sold on, on him being capable of steering this ship correctly because of all the things, all the dysfunctional behind the scenes things I was hearing about the Eagles mm -hmm. and that, that introductory press conference couldn't have gone worse. And then he doubled down with the rock, paper, scissors comment, which I just, all right. So, so to the Doug Peterson point, I'm starting to think that Frank Reich was the brains of the operation because look at what Indianapolis just did with Phillip Rivers, right? And then he went to trade for Carson Wentz because apparently he knows 
how to use Carson Wentz, right? So that that's 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 them. But to your point about owners and general managers and meddling, the thing I know about being a Dallas Cowboys fan is that's what Jerry Jones lives to do. And the other thing that I know about being an owner is y'all didn't make money by being great football owners. Like that's not how you ended up in this position. Right. You either inherited this position through family or you made a living over here and then decided to use that living to buy your fun thing that you're going to play with. And that is exactly what has happened in some cases. Now, it's interesting because this is the longest amount of time I think we've ever gone in my life without having to say anything bad about the team <laughs> in Washington. Because that owner said, Dwayne Haskins, bring him home. And everybody said, no, yeah. no. And now you got to live with having cut your first round pick at quarterback like two years after the fact. So I'm with you on that. But I'm also looking at, at, at the team and going, Maybe y'all might be decent if Ryan Fitzpatrick still has something. Oh, left. no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. I thought I thought that I think their quarterback situation is a disaster. I think if you have more than one quarterback, you have no quarterback. And they have three quarterbacks. And I love Ron Rivera. I think he's done a special. Taylor Heineke ain't no quarterback. Oh, my bad. I mean, I mean, okay, so two and a half. <laughs> uh, I think what, what Ron Rivera has done with that organization is nothing short of remarkable. Cause to your point, that ownership situation is a disaster. And he not only stabilized that organ organization, he rebranded them into a, a, a respectable uh, culture and won the division, albeit in a very dysfunctional division. No, you got a division title. You, I don't care. I'm in the NFC. Yeah. Too. So, so, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for what Ramavera has built there and his defense is incredible. Um, but they need to get a quarterback. And I, I think, I think everyone is not giving enough credit to what the NFC East is going to be this year. Cause they're too focused on what they were last year. There was injuries at every single quarterback position for every team, uh, last year in the NFC East. It's not going to be the case this year. Dak Prescott's going to be back. I actually think the Cowboys are going to win the division. I think it'll be the Cowboys. I think it'll be the giants, uh, Washington, and then the Eagles. I look, I'm more willing to bet on the two and a half quarterbacks in the team because of the defense, but I, I do love Daniel their defense, but like, I mean, just how, how, how are you going to score? Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is not. Defense can score two ass 2000 Baltimore Ravens. They want, they want a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, Washington's not winning a Super Bowl. Let's just call oh, Well, down. I'm just saying, I'm but just they, saying. They might win, they might have a chance to win the division. I don't think so. And it's no shade to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I just, Ryan Fitzpatrick is backup quarterback. And I don't know why people keep getting confused about this, but they're going to find out that he is it, a backup quarterback. Because every now and again, he go for like 400 and four TDs and like three picks. But yeah. And then, the, think, and then the next week, he's going to throw for 120 yards and four picks. Right, and, and then we're going back to talking about him. He went to Harvard. Like, like I, I don't Yeah, care. Did you know that he went to Harvard? Man, I ball up my fist. Ooh. No, but like Giants, I I got them finishing dead last. I No, 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 no. Come on. Yeah, look, Come they, on. they had a, they had a great offseason. Like Danny Milk Toast, Joy. Like, Saquon coming back. He put uh, the ball on the floor. Like, day, your quarterback no. puts the ball on the floor. No way can you say that the Philadelphia Eagles have a better roster than, than – the Giants. I'm I'm saying that they have a better quarterback than the Giants. You think Jalen Hurts is better than Daniel Jones? You know why I say that? Because I watched your boy Daniel Jones put the ball on the floor. No, no. I can't win no. football games yeah. when quarterbacks if, don't if put the ball on the carpet. We're ranking, if we're ranking quarter the quarterbacks in the NFC East right now, is Dak, is Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
and then Jalen Hurts. We all have no idea what Jalen Hurts is going to be. I, could, I, I don't care enough to fight for Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> but I care enough to fight for Jalen Hurts ahead of Danny Dimes because Danny Dimes ain't Jaylen, Listen, I love Jalen Hurts. Like, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts, but he's played four games. Who going to win in a foot race? Is it going to be the dude Daniel that can actually Jones? finish the race or the dude that's going to trip and fall? Well, he did trip. See what I'm saying? He was like, tri- just- he tripped because he was running so fast. His, his little uh, toes. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, do you notice how people are falling over themselves not to say that that dude should be moving more? Because I was like, all right, Josh Allen, Brian Dabo looks at him and says, hmm, I wonder what Jalen Hurts would be like with a better arm, a bigger body, and uh, more durability. That's what he got. He got that in Josh Allen. Tooliest quarterback we've ever seen. thing about Hurts, though, that I really enjoy is that he's indestructible because as many hits that dude takes, it looks like a linebacker back there. He could also throw the ball around. People want to follow him, right? He doesn't have a whole lot to say to you or I, which I think is great for his locker room, bad for us, right? Because <laughs> I always want to – Jalen Hurts told me – told me told the, the media core at Oklahoma story about the coffee bean while looking like Steve Jobs, like in a turtleneck and a black suit and whatnot. And I was like, is he – is this – okay, he's trying. I got it. He's trying. But inside that locker room, they love that dude. Yeah. And they want to follow that dude. Does Danny Dimes do that for the New York Giants? I don't know, but I think that the Giants roster is better than the Philadelphia roster. I think their coach has more momentum right now. I had trust their coach more than I trust Philadelphia's coach. I certainly trust their offensive coordinator more than Philadelphia's. And I think Daniel Jones is going to take a step up this year, especially, and, with, Sa- and especially Garrett, with Saquon back. J- Jason Garrett still the offensive coordinator in New York. Yeah, man, nah, they. I'm done. I, it's cool. <laughs> I'm out. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, I feel comfortable canceling out the Giants. That's I feel my way comfortable with that now for the NFC East. But don't worry, I got your Cowboys winning it. Well, look, I mean, I could talk. Uh, football with you for like the next three hours let's ask you if you had a hard out we usually do 15 minutes we just did an hour and 15. i'm sorry i'm sorry no, this that's, was great. that's my bad this was great no it's not it was it was fun it was awesome talking football with you uh make sure you check out rj young podcast uh rj young's podcast the number one show at fox sports he is a national football college football writer and nfl draft analyst and uh a lot of fun this was great thank you so much for coming on with us i really appreciate it Thank you, Joy. It's my pleasure. Where can everyone follow you? Uh, on the Twitters at RJ underscore Young. If you say mean things, I'm liable to block you. I'm Same. indiscriminate about that. Same Z's. Uh, also, follow the number one show. Yes, the number one show on Twitter. Yes, IG number and Facebook. one show. Spell out one. Right. Number uh, one that's show. where we're going to be talking about college football full time. As a matter of fact, on Monday, May 11th, I think we got Bob Stoops. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Awesome. Very good. We'll definitely check that out. So make sure you go and subscribe. Um, stay well. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. We'll have to do this again soon. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, T, what's going on in the culture report? Hey, Joyce. So 
There's only a few things that I look forward to every year and the Met Gala is definitely one of them. So I'm happy that it's back this year. So on September 18th, and because it was canceled last year due to the pandemic, I cannot wait to see all the fabulous and amazing looks. And I'm also excited to see uh, Timothy uh, Chalamet, Billie Eilish, Naomi Osaka, and Amanda Gorman. They're all serving as co-chairs I'm here for because I feel like they're all superstars. And I love them all. So Joy, I know that you love the Met Gala as well. So how excited are you for it this year? I love the Met Gala. I love the fashions. What is the theme? So the theme for September 18th is called In America. It's a lexicon of fashion. Um, and then that's the first part. Now there's a second part in America and and. and in America and Anthology of Fashion, that's gonna be um, on May 5th of next year. So kind of get a double dose of it. In America. Hmm. I always like, I, I like knowing the theme because I like wondering what direction certain stars are gonna go in. And then like thinking of what direction I would go in based off of the theme. Like I loved the camp theme. Um, whatever it was, I think two years ago, or maybe it was three years ago, when like when Katy Perry came and like the chandelier and like everyone, and the Cinderella dress with Zendaya, like, so I, I loved that theme. I loved the um, church theme. I thought everyone was really creative with that one. So um, yeah, I'm very excited for the Met Gala. And the Met Gala coming back feels like, okay, things are starting to get back to normal. Like the NFL draft this weekend, they had fans there, had performers, like, it, I, you know, everyone was like singing Sweet Caroline together. I was like, oh, okay, like things are slowly starting to feel a little bit normal again. And that makes me happy. Yeah, same. I know, I know that they also said that there's going to be some like got some like strict guidelines, but also so many people have gotten the vaccine and they're going to continue to do so. So I think everything will be back to normal by the time that make all happen. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm also really excited that uh, the, well, there's a lot of Marvel movies coming out, so I'm super excited about that, um, but Wakanda Forever is the Black Panther sequel is one in particular that I'm just super excited about because I just, I love Black Panther. Um, it was such a great uh, movie. Um, it was announced that the, the sequel will be out July, July 8th of 2022, so I, at this point, I think that it's going to be such a success regardless. I think everyone, like, including myself, we just want to know the direction of the movie, like post Shadwick Boseman's death. So, I mean, I, I hear that they're not going to replace T'Challa, but I'm really curious to see as to how the storyline will go. But I know either way that it's going to be great. I feel like that they'll do it justice and at the same time pay their respects to Chadwick Boseman and honor him. But Joy, how do you feel about Wakanda Forever? And I honestly, like, love the name. I think it's kind of badass. Do you? agree oh i love it black panther is was incredible is iconic and obviously we were all very curious as to, are they going to do a sequel you know with the passing of chabuk bozeman they said that they're not going to replace his character so who becomes black panther like is there a black panther does his sister become black panther like there you know they we we as fans obviously want um and i think the you know, the Marvel franchise needs the Black Panther character to continue. Like it, it is an important character for, for kids to see, for us to see, like that it was, it was, it was a moment it was needed. So obviously you don't want to disrespect the, the legacy of Chadwick Boseman, 
but I do think that the character should continue. So I, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that, but I love the name. I'm excited that they're doing a sequel and you know, we'll be back in, uh, we'll be back in theaters, July, 2022. So I will be there with my popcorn. <laughs> I'll be there too. You you mentioned something important though. I I would I would love to see his sister um take on his uh like complete like his character or yeah yeah. I will yeah I would love to see like his sister become like the star of the of the movie. Yeah, and she had a big she had a big enough role in the original film and you know was powerful enough. I mean, obviously Lupita would be incredible as well. Um, but I think either, either one of those two women, and I, I did see something about something about Michael B. Jordan's uh, character, like yeah. living or something. Um, why I heard is, about that why is his character name slipping my mind right now? Oh, Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was just Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> but, yeah. Killmonger's character um, yeah. coming back or like living or something. So I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, same. I am too. Girl, and speaking of Michael B. Jordan, I saw Without Remorse. And I mean, Michael B. Jordan is such a great actor. I feel like that he's like killing every role. And I'm going to be honest, like I obviously watch Without Remorse without remorse because he's in it. It's like, what, like he was, he's definitely worth me watching that movie. Um, and there was just so much hype and promotion around it. Like I was seeing it ever. I was seeing it on Instagram. Even when I was watching like a show on Hulu during a commercial, I would see the promotion for Without Remorse. So I'm like really excited about it. I was like telling my friends, we should have like movie night this Friday. I definitely want to see it. And all that for the movie to just be okay. And granted, I didn't read the book. You always hear that the book's better than the film, but I didn't need to. I feel like that um, it was just that 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 it was so typical. It's like you've seen this type of movie before. Like they pretty much gave it away when they're telling you he's seeking revenge for the law for like the death of his you know wife. It's like I mean I'm not trying to spoil for anybody, but like spoiler alert. <laughs> that's what that's what happened. I mean it literally, they 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 spoiled it in the in the trailer, you know. So it's like nothing was a surprise. It was just way too predictable. I'm such a movie fanatic. I love everything, but this movie was just really hard for me to stay engaged. Um obviously with Michael B. Jordan in it, I mean he looked great. He did great, but I just was not a fan of the movie. I have not seen it yet, but I got to be honest, I wasn't <laughs> I don't think I was going to but it's just because I know I already know what it is right like so unless I was hearing reviews that it was just spectacular uh and I like action movies I enjoy an easy watch as action movie but like is there something to it that's like I gotta see other than Michael B. Jordan looking like Michael B. Jordan looks this movie's been done over and over again yeah okay so okay so I, I believe you I mean that support Maybe I'll stream it while I'm, you know, doing laundry or something, but just for the numbers, but um, yeah, I, I got a long list of movies I got to catch up on before. Yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? So Bill and Melinda Gates um, ah! announced that they're getting a divorce, which was so shocking to me. I'm just like, they've been doing, they do so great in the community. I just I actually really, I really love them together. Uh, I was really sad that to hear the news um and they have been married for 27 years at this point i'm just like that's such a long time it's like what are you getting divorced by like you guys can't work that out i was just really really sad because they're they're literally one of like the wealthiest couples in the world like i said they i feel like they do so many great things um 
So I'm just, I was really sad about that, but I did hear that as I was wondering why everyone has been like, oh, what's up, Bill? What's up, Melinda? But it's all because they, uh, the divorce is going to cost like $120 billion. And apparently there's like no prenup. So I don't, Joy, what are your thoughts about that? Like, I mean, I don't, who, we don't really know yet, but what do you think about the divorce? Listen, I don't like to comment on other people's, uh, you know, personal situations, mm-hmm. but this, I was not expecting this. <laughs> like that yeah. is not a couple that you're expecting to hear in the divorce conversation. Like, first of all, they've been together so long. Second, to your point, you don't have no prenup, <laughs> sir. What? Like, what is that divorce settlement going to be? Can't wait to find that out. And yeah, like y'all, y'all might as well, like you gotta keep the money in the family. Like go do y'all's thing or whatever, but <laughs> you gotta stay married. I'm sorry. We make a hundred billion dollars together. You ain't going nowhere. You could go do your thing if you want to, but we not getting no divorce. Nope, no, nope, 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 nope. We ain't splitting this up. Sorry. Go do whatever you gotta do. We don't have to be together, but we together, okay? You, we ain't together together, but on paper, that's gotta stay right there. We ain't doing, no, mm-mm. Keeping no. this in the family. Keeping <laughs> this in the family. I am not about to pay no lawyer. Uh-uh. No. I, I, so I, I think it's wild. But listen, people want to be happy. I don't know. Bill wants these, Bill wants these problems. They want to be in these streets. I don't recommend it. But. Bill, it ain't nothing here. Ain't, ain't nothing here in the for you. Ain't nothing here. Okay. The streets really is dusty. They are dusty and musty, Bill. <laughs> Bill and Melinda. Y'all might as well just stay together. Keep that money in the family. Mm-mm. No. Nope, can't do it. Hundred billion? No, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, we gonna sort this out. I just, really, I really like them together. I did. I just I was like, oh, yeah. they're- I mean, look, I don't know who knows what goes on in people's relationships, yeah. like behind closed doors. But man, nope, and none in these streets, y'all. There's nothing <laughs> in these streets. There is nothing. There's nothing there. Streets are dry. Dried <laughs> up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, myself at Joy Taylor Talks. And you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can listen on YouTube, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.